Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of uh, John Buglino. Welcome, John. Hey, Julian. How's everything going? It's going well, and it's great to see you um, uh, from Likewise. all the way over from the US of A. And so uh, I was going to tell the audience a little bit about you. You're the Director of Marketing for Optessa. And an Optessa is assists or manufacturers to optimize production plans and schedules to meet strategic business objective, which is obviously really important. And before we get into our, our topic of exploring uh, sort of leading with empathy in, in a changing world, as we're even more aware of our changing world, is I want to ask, what do you love about what you do, John? No, thanks again for, for having me, Julian. This is a terrific opportunity for me and uh, really um, going to enjoy the conversation. So for me, I really love, um, I'm a student of the industry, student of the trade. Um, there's always something new or changing with marketing, branding, advertising. And I try to absorb as much as I can, um, you know, constantly improving myself. Um, and I also align myself and work with others in the industry to, to learn from them. You know, I, I built up a great community around myself um, and I learn each day. Um, I always try to improve and I take my learnings and apply it into what I'm doing on a, per, a personal side and even a professional side. So I think it, it's ever changing and I think uh, I just accept it and I adapt to things that are changing around me and I apply those uh, learnings moving forward. And I think it's good to have that sort of mindset, a learning mindset, because um, we have to be open to things we don't know, open to things that may change, uh, which is uh, even more evident uh, as we are in this new world uh, uh, currently with the, the pandemic sort of all over the place. Um, and, and empathy has been a thing, a theme of certainly over the last 12 months, and then it's sort of come to the surface a lot more, you know, leading with empathy. And, and we've had a discussion before about this, and I'm intrigued uh, from your perspective because you know you like to lead with empathy in how you operate uh, uh, in your your work, but also in your personal life as well. Um, was there a decision of thinking I want to be an empathetic leader? I mean, or did you get inspired by somebody or a situation, or has it always something been how you've approached life? I'd just be interesting because I talked to a lot of people who. I would say you are more empathetic in their sort of leadership and I'm always curious how that's happened and that approach. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I consider myself a very uh, empathetic leader and empathetic person, you know, in and out of the office. Um, I think it's a skill you either have or don't, but it's also one that can be learned. Um, and you learn by either being around others that have um, empathy um, and also being just thrust into different situations where it kind of, it tries you. Right. So, you know, empathy is, you know, matching others emotions, truly caring about them on, on a different level. And, you know, there's there's certain people that, you know, on a Monday morning, think about an office atmosphere coming on a Monday and go, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, that's good. Oh, OK, you relax. Oh, that's great. But then the other ones are really like, oh, how was that party? with you? you know, how was that 80th birthday party? And, and, and how did everything go? Did everyone show up? You know, 
how, you know, what did the guests feel? You know, you just take it to like this different level and it's, you know, like compassion. You want to understand things, you know, and then you get into the conversation. And as the person goes and explains those situations, like, oh, it was great. They were really surprised and you should have seen it. They started crying. And then, you know, they immediately match those emotions and you start talking about and getting more and, and getting more in depth with these things. And I think it's one of those things, empathy, where a lot of people want it. And a lot of people identify they don't have it, but they struggle where to find it. So for me, I've had the the utmost pleasure of working with truly empathetic leaders, and I've learned from them, um, my mentors, my coaches, and others that have been around me, you know, and I excel in those kinds of environments because me, like I said, being empathetic um, in and out of the office, I really thrive in those kinds of environments where they truly put the business second and really worry about the employee first. And it's something where individuals that are not in those environments struggle. And they always have that feeling of like, well, I wish there's something missing in my work life. And I don't know what it is. And it could be empathy. It could be that you're not connecting what your leader or colleague or others on your team on that level that you're really, you know, looking for or you need um, at that point. So I think, you know, understanding if you have empathy or not, and also aligning and having people around you that have empathy to learn from them to grow um, has been fantastic for me. So you said, I mean, uh, you can learn empathy, uh, sorry, you can learn empathetic leadership. And, you know, there's some people perhaps are more naturally um, attuned to it or naturally more empathetic uh, in terms of individuals. But I agree with you, it's something we can learn and and I'd be interested to understand how do you think we could learn it? How can we take leaders who are perhaps not as empathetic as they, they could well be? And we'll come on to the reasons why empathetic leadership is, is, is good. How can we help them sort of learn it, really understand it, and then sort of take some uh, learnings from it? Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things is communication. A lot of people think communication and empathy um, are different when I think they're very much aligned. So there's different ways you can communicate. There's different ways you can listen to individuals either around you or uh, with you. So I think you can start by having better conversations and communicating mm -hmm. better with your team or identifying and basically telling people like, you didn't handle the situation well at all. Here's what you should have done. Or here's what I observed as, you know, you know, lacking empathy in there. I've been in a couple organizations where you know, different, you know, core competencies and empathy and just assessments of how people are working and how people are want to be treated, spoken to, things like that. And those that lacked empathy in particular, you know, you had to really coach them. You had to train them. You had to basically call them out as they were struggling or as they had a situation where they kind of really fumbled the ball a little bit. You had to say, wait a minute, what else did you say in that conversation? Like, what else did you understand from that conversation? What else happened? And you have to kind of have that repetition and you have to have the individuals identify where they came short from an empathy standpoint or a mm. communication breakdown standpoint and have them get better. Um, I've been in situations where role playing has has really helped, you know, you and you try to just become like emotional with it. Right. So you either have pure relation, you know, think about someone's just got engaged or someone's getting married or it's their birthday and then you have the other side where, you know, people have a loss, you know, say a death in the family, um, loss of a pet, things like that. And you have to put those people in those situations, even if it is a role play situation, to just get them more comfortable with it. 
that's another big piece as well, Julian, is I think people look at empathy and, and just are uncomfortable with it. You know, they they fear that if they get too excited or they get too sad that they're going to viewed as either really strong or really weak in those different areas mm. um, or just um, emotionally unbalanced, right? Or imbalanced. So, you know, but for me, if, you know, a member of my team was getting engaged, that's fantastic. That just takes over their entire world, you mm. know, and you want to hear all about it. That's all they want to do is talk about it. You know, the first thing you want to do is see the ring or, you know, understand, mm. you know, how the proposal happened, things like that. And you're just going to keep talking and talking and talking and going, but it also helps them on another, that individual on the other level because now you're coming across as someone that truly cares, truly yeah. understands. You give them that forum. You don't cut them off. It's like, oh, the other – because the opposite is like, oh, great. You got engaged. Oh, okay. That was, that was great. Oh, happened on Saturday? Oh, okay. All right, yeah, we have our meeting in 10 minutes. <laughs> but congratulations, by the way. You know, so there's much different, you know, and, and those yeah. small interactions – really weigh on those people, you know, in that moment. And then it also later on, you know, like two hours later, they're going to go, Oh yeah, I remember that conversation didn't really go well. Or conversely. Yeah. I, you know, I spoke with my team and we were, you know, we were talking like half hour we were talking about it, but I'll mm-hmm. be glad to tell you more. So um, I think communication role-playing and I think also being around individuals that have empathy really can uh, really help you if you lack it or are looking to learn it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because for me, it's that recognizing people are people. And interesting, all the things, the examples you shared about people's lives—they're all outside of work. You know, people get engaged, married, having baby, whatever it may be. It's having that um, recognition that people have a life and are 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 people and humans. But also, it's being interested, isn't it? It's, and I always talk to leaders. You know, a good place to start. Uh, and you said some great points about role models, uh, role playing, and getting into those conversations. Is start by being interested in somebody. You know, when when Mary turns up, just be interested in her weekend. You know, she may want to share, she may not want to share, but be genuinely interested. And I think that's where it starts because some people think I don't feel it. I <laughs> have all these feelings. Well, just just get interested you know i'm interested in what john has to say today so i'm, I'm really interested and intrigued and in how he wants to say things i just want to share and that people feel it and then people start to share and it's that's where it starts doesn't it um right. you talked about emotions there now is there a, a, a sense that when you're empathetic you're all wildly emotional and you have to be vulnerable and cry and is that empathetic leads how would would you think agree with that or disagree with that or you think there's an aspect of it i think i think it's an aspect of it right like so if obviously it's it's all about matching the emotions you know and and getting to that level and you know being vulnerable because if someone's coming to you either again elated or truly sad like you have to identify where that person is in that conversation or, or where they're coming from you you know from that place of either again happiness or sad um and you don't have to cry with them you don't have to match them but you have to like feed off their energy and you have to understand like okay this is going to be a very you know really tough conversation right now let me really you know let me start listening and let me actively listen to what's happening here or the opposite. It's like, okay, you know, like, yeah, you know, all smiles, like, great. You know, you just ask questions, just keep them talking. Um, so it's not about being like emotionally, like just completely off the charts, either direction, but it's being very self-aware 
about your emotions in these situations. And again, mm -hmm. it's something where you have to be in them to learn from them and gain mm -hmm. experience. Um, and, you know, and like I said, you either have it or you don't. And if you have it, great. If you don't have it, there's, you need to learn it, especially if you want to be a, a good leader moving forward um, and keep your team either happy um, and engaged um, moving forward. So I think it's something that is a necessity. And going back to what you said about, you know, people and things like that, I've, I was thinking a lot about our leading up to our conversation and, you know, I said it in a couple other, you know, um, situations as well, but as a leader and as an individual that's led teams before, as soon as you recognize that you are at least the third priority in an employee's life, the mm -hmm. better you are as a leader. The first priority is always going to be number one, always going to be themselves. I will always put myself ahead of my job and my career and everything like that. I'll always take care of myself, think about health, doctors, appointments, things like that. The second priority on my list is family and friends, you know, and, and that's the same kind of thing with my team and those around me. And third priority is the job, right? Is the job, the career. It's, you know, because if you think about it, the first thing people do is if they're not feeling well, it's like, well, I'm not going to work today. I'm taking off. You know, I'm just, that's it. So as soon as you're a leader and you identify and can understand that simple concept that you are third on that pecking order of what mm -hmm. people do when they wake up, the better you're going to be. And also when you approach the day and you come into the office or you sign on to a meeting, understand, read the room, understand what could have happened since last you saw that person or last you spoke mm -hmm. and you're going to be better for it. And doing those little things, even identifying that and even having that epiphany moment of like, wow, I'm number three in this person's order of what they're going to prioritize today. That's a step forward for empathy, right? Because you now have to say, well, they really don't care what's going on in business. Let me really find out what happened since last we spoke and what else is influencing them or what else did they say about what was happening with a family member, things like that. So that that's a lot of it as well is really identifying where you stand with your team as a leader and as an, as an employee as well. I, I really like that. That's a really valid point and a really good perspective to have that actually I'm number three in a right sense. And that's, that's and it's the right priority they should have is their life is not about their job. Uh, and, you know, it's about themselves, their well-being, health, and obviously their family, friends, and then it's the job. And I think often businesses organizations feel that it should be the way around and i think they have the wrong perspective and i think with have that in mind makes you think actually when i approach this individual i want to approach them from a from themselves and then outside of work first and that's where the interest the engagement outside of that comes through now what are the benefits that you've seen yourself in the people you've led and the organizations you've been in in terms of is empathetic leadership um, have a positive impact, obviously not on, just on the people, but ultimately on revenue, profits? Uh, not that life's all about revenue and profits, um, but they say if you look after the people, invest in the people, they shall follow it. So have you seen those tangibly? Have you got any examples of that in, in your sort of work? Yeah, the, the best thing I could say is, you know, it's as a leader, you know, people – and employees leave managers and leaders, not companies, you know, so it's absolutely all about the people that are around you. And, you know, in my career, you know, I've had situations where I've left companies because of the leaders, you know, it's just something it was either, you know, not a fit or 
which is something I just didn't like their leadership style. Um, seeing how, you know, what was happening on others that were part of their teams um, and also just how they just conducted themselves on a day to day basis. And I'm not saying all I do or is seek out an empathetic leader or empathetic individuals around me. But I can tell you that they're a more productive environment. I can tell you they're um, a lot more engaged because if they are able to take care of priority one and two and keep the company or the business as three, they're going to be more engaged because there's going to be no issue if, say, something were to happen outside of work. It's it's okay. You have to go. Okay, go take care of it. You know, you you can go to that appointment or take that day or you know just just go ahead. Just do what you need to do to get yourself right outside of the office, and then you're going to put your best foot forward in the office. And mm. I think from my experiences, when you don't do that it leads to like almost like a 10 X drop off, right? Because it's like, they're not happy. They're completely disengaged, right? They're just not engaged anymore. Um, you know, they're so worried about, you know, Oh, I can't go to that appointment. You know, he said no. And now they spend and they just stew in their day and they're just like, I can't do this. Now what do I do? So now instead of them just being like, okay, after work, I'm going to the, you know, the doctor, it's like, Oh, he didn't let me go to the doctor. Now I have to reschedule. And what am I going to do? And now that that fit into my time. Now it doesn't fit into my time. Now what do I need to do? So now instead of it being like one and done, now they have like an hour, two hours, three hours where they're just completely not focused on the job. And now they're worried about, again, priority number one, which is themselves, because now their schedules got completely disrupted. Now a family member probably got disrupted. So instead of it just being like, take care of number one, and you were like, no, 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 you can't go to that now you've just exasperated the problem and you've led to, you know, downtime uh, where they're not focused on their job. Um, mm. They're also probably telling their colleagues, you know, what a terrible situation they're in. So you start getting that reputation of just not being empathetic or not even being compassionate. You know, mm. you know, and you, again, you don't know what's happening outside. You know, they pick that schedule for the reason, you know, that appointment for a reason. So, mm. To answer your question, I really do believe that empathetic leaders, empathetic teams, um, and individuals that have compassion for each other are more productive because the communication is higher, the boundaries are set, everyone understands what's happening around them and what they can and cannot do. And like I said, if you allow them to take care of one and two, number three comes naturally because then they feel better about their job. They can they have the flexibility. Yeah. And things just work themselves out um, from a business standpoint. Brilliant. And just, just building upon that, really, and I suppose challenging the perhaps people may have concerns about leading more in an empath empathetic way is people might see you as a, as a soft touch and perhaps take advantage of you. Oh, yeah, he'll let me go off that and just basically abuse it. So, have you had any experience of that yourself uh, or observed it with other people or, and also how have you yourself ensured that um, that doesn't happen in that context? Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely something I've, I've experienced. I think the way around it is really to set boundaries is to really have that communication and, and set the boundaries with the team or individuals around you and just, you know, let them know exactly what they can and cannot do. Um, let them know that, you know, they must communicate, you know, so 
if something were to happen, you know, everyone's connected, right? Cell phones and emails, things like that, and things can happen. And I understand that. I get it. You know, I'm the same, I'm the same way. You know, my phone can ring and my day can be completely shot for a myriad of reasons, right? But it's a matter of making sure your team is aware of that, that if that happens, they have to communicate that to you. This way you can either understand what they're going through, help them through the situation if you need to be tapped in to help that situation. But also you have to understand what that's going to ultimately lead to, you know, two, three, four steps down the line for that individual. You know, so um, I've I've heard being an empathetic leader makes you a doormat. Everyone just comes and goes as, as they please. Um, there's just, but at the end of the day, if you're communicating and you have those conversations with individuals that could be taking advantage of it, and you could just have an open conversation with them, say, I understand that you're spending a lot of time out of the office. Um, I want to understand what your priorities are. I want to understand what's happening. I also want to really recenter and refocus you on what you need to do from, a, uh, you know, your job and your career and what you need to give back to the company. And you have to understand that and you have to have those communication, you know, lines with them. This way they feel open, like they can be open with you and that mm -hmm. you can understand what's needed. Um, and like I said, you know, I, I don't like it being called a doormat, you know, but that, that's how a lot of people look at it. Or like you had said, soft. Um, I think there's a, a really good balance of give and take. And I think the boundaries, setting those boundaries, what your team and keeping those open lines communications will really keep you from feeling like a doormat. Um, and then listen, you know, ultimately if something were to really happen, um, you know, everyone's a grown up, everyone, you know, you have a job to do and if they're not doing it or something were to happen, you know, yeah. companies got to move on. You know, there could be things that are happening. Everyone has to understand, mm -hmm. you know, again, number one and number two are priority. Um, but at the end of the day, still the business is there. Yeah. And, and I think that in the day, the boundary thing is really important because you are paying them to do a job. Um, they're not doing it for free. Um, and as much as they, you're not their highest priority, which is okay, you're still investing in them and spending time with them and obviously paying them a, a salary every month uh, in some shape or form. And so I think you made that important point of creating that boundary, but, but also creating those conversations, isn't it? Having those grown-up conversations and dialogue. And if somebody is starting to, appearing to abuse that situation is to understand what's going on here because there may be something underneath that really it might not be something as obvious as people think uh, they're just perhaps having some concerns and and it goes back to and you said that about recentering people back to you know the values mission of, of the business um so going forward now as we you know head hopefully to more of a brighter future um <laughs> in some shape or form um just what are your thoughts on this year in terms of how leaders should be uh, in terms of leading organizations, leading people and, and sort of handling that sort of uncertainty that we're, we're all still facing. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if 2020 showed us anything, it, it showed us individuals, true colors, right. And as a, as a leader and as an individual that changed roles during that time, you know, you, you have to really be aware of what's, around you. Um, and I, like I said at the top, I think there are individuals that are in roles where I think they're really feeling unfulfilled. And I really, they, they have to really take a good hard look at what's going on uh, with themselves and those around them. Um, I think also a lot of leaders that lack empathy need to seek it out. They need to seek out mentors, coaches, learnings. They need to be thrust into these situations because that's what people are really looking for. 
right? You know, as as we said, you know, pre-show, you know, work from home or go back to the office. Everyone's going to be talking about that. And mm. as a leader, you can't say, well, here's the day we're all going back to the office. Well, you, you could put that deadline there, but you also have to understand that if you lead a team of 50 people, there are going to be 50 new conversations you need to have because there are 50 different things that are happening that you need to account for. Mm. And that could be childcare. That could be, you know, they don't have a vehicle anymore. They don't have a way to get to the office. And there could be, and a lot of people don't want to hear it. People don't want to go back, you know, and that's a conversation that needs to be had. And it's a mm. conversation that if you lack empathy, you're not going to get on that emotional level with those individuals. You're, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. And what's going to happen is you're going to lose people, right? Because there's going to be leaders that are going to take it, understand it, and they're going to excel. And you're going to see those companies that are thriving. And the reason they're thriving is because they have the teams engaged. They just have everyone dialed in. They have complete control of what's going on in their organization. And they're going to leave everyone behind. You know, so I think that's a lot of it as well is leaders need to adapt. They need to mm -hmm. adapt and they need to get on that emotional level with their employees. Because like I said, the, the pandemic was one thing. Now the coming out of the pandemic is another. And there's so many things that can go wrong. And there's so many things that are changing on a day to day. You know, mm -hmm. I'd like to say, don't assume everything's okay from the last time we spoke. Assume the worst. Right. Assume yeah. something completely drastic has happened in their life before you have a conversation with them or before mm -hmm. you start talking, you know, talking shop to them, if you will. Yeah. So I think as leaders, we really need to understand that we have to meet people. We have to meet them on that emotional level in order for the company to continue to do well, thrive and also retain them as employees. And it's interesting. I think uh, that seems a theme all the way through this conversation is 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 have open conversations with with your staff. And I think it sounds really obvious and it sounds really simple. But I think um, it's to remind ourselves actually, whatever you're doing, especially in in lots of change, is have those open, honest dialogues. Never assume anything. Uh, find out where people are at, uh, and I think that's really, really important as we go forward. And as any leader, the more you have conversations, uh, the better you know your people, the better they know you, and they start to feel you a bit more and start to create that sense of connection. Uh, and that's really important uh, and valuable. Um, thank you for your time today, John. Uh, it's been really good to understand a bit more about hey you and, and what you think on about empathetic leadership and, and it, it sort of oozes out of you, which is great. And I love that about you. Um, how can people, if you want to connect with you or your business, how can they sort of get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. No, Julian, it was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I can speak about this topic all day. Um, happy to do it. Um, for those that want to learn more about myself or Optessa, you know, we're very active and I'm active on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm easy to find on both channels. Um, I'm also um, doing a lot of more speaking uh, gigs and engagements like this as well. Um, so please feel free to reach out to me. Um, you know, as a leader, I can help you if you want to do role play from an empathy standpoint, or if I need to be a soundboard for you, you know, I'm more than happy to help. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure, Julian. I really appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to speaking with you soon. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, uh, John. Thank you. Thank you. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe, do share with your friends, and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organization to create a resilient, 
culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.